Hi, I'm Avital Ash. I'm Jessica Richards. And this is... He's right behind you! Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, you guys. We're excited to have... We've gotten some nice messages. People missed us during our little hiatus. Yes! (laughs) It was cool. Leave some reviews, though. We haven't gotten new reviews in a while. That's true. But it's nice to be doing these again. Yeah. Gives us some purpose and a very uh, rough time. Yeah, it's not getting better. I got jury duty. (gasps) Me too. Really? Yeah. Should we tell each other our dates and cut it out of the podcast? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we should cut it out. But I first got it for July and then I asked for an extension. Oh, I kept mine because I'm hoping hoping that they cancel it due to COVID. That would be good. You know, the cases are going up, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just go cross her fingers yeah. for uh americans to die so she can get out of jury duty no i'm just saying <laughs> I'm, kidding, I'm just saying I'm kidding. i've lost my job i've been on hiatus lots of horrible things are happening if one good thing had come out of this yeah. like me not having to go to jury duty that yeah. would be great because i'm also, way too anxious for jury duty yeah and and it seems really dangerous like amir and i have been so careful and we're not seeing anybody and we're totally isolating except for like the occasional supermarket run with masks and it's like to mm-hmm. be surrounded by a jury all day seems in a public space indoors seems really scary yeah i hope i'm not on it yeah uh today we're doing night of the living dead jessica chose it i had never seen it i know i hope you liked it <laughs> i did I mean, the punches were very bad. Like, whenever somebody was hitting somebody, I was amazed at how unbelievable it was. (laughs) There were, like, a few moments where someone's punching, and you can, like, see them punch the ground next to the person they're pretending to hit. And I'm like, this is distracting. But I liked a lot of it. With everything going on since Memorial Day, and we're in currently the biggest civil rights movement now in our history... That this movie has a lot of relevant things to say. And it's one of the first horror movies, if not the first horror movie, to star a black person. Yeah, I loved, I read that George A. Romero, when they asked him about it, he said he just gave the best audition. Yeah, it was written for a Caucasian. Yeah, or at least like not specifically. Like it wasn't yeah. specifically written for a black man, but it, it was just written as a human Well, I think he, he was going to give it to a friend. Like he had a friend in mind for it, and then this guy oh. gave the best audition, Dwayne Jones. That's cool. When you say, and this might sound stupid, but when you say we're in the biggest civil rights m- moment in our history, well. Um, oh, I say it because compared to the 60s, which were mm-hmm. the civil rights movement, more people are participating in marches now than then. Okay. And is that, like, is it more people even proportionally, or are we just a larger population now? Well, I know that there was one day, at least, where there were marches going on in all 50 states, and that had never happened before. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So it's reached out, you know, people that maybe in the 60s weren't marching are marching now. Well, not those same people, but those states. No, but the the idea, the (laughs) idea that, like, you know, people that maybe aren't directly impacted as much and who mm-hmm. normally can look the other way, people like us, because <laughs> we're mm-hmm. white, um, mm-hmm. you know, who can kind of like overlook this because life is hard and we all have problems, whatever. We're all stepping forward to say, no, 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 we should stop what we're doing and give a shit. Yeah. It is a weird thing. I, I do feel like I'm white and that I benefit from white privilege. Like I read as not a minority but I also look very Jewish and have like (laughs) had some anti-semitism which isn't fun and there's a lot of that like 
trending today because a few people yeah. um yeah so it's like a weird thing because judaism i always thought of as a religion but it's also an ethnicity because your dna can tell you if you're jewish which seems to not make sense but anyway yeah i do feel like i don't feel so separate because it's like i feel like anytime you're coming for any minority i'm not safe either and not that it should be selfishly motivated again back to that i have daughters so i give a shit about women like we should give a shit about people just because they're people and we have hearts but i do also feel like not that this exactly is my fight but it's also my fight like it doesn't it never ends with just targeting one type of people right yeah. yeah. Or one, I don't want to say type, but you know, one race, like a. Or one group race. of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a disease. It spreads. Well, and you know, you have to stand up for others because if you were in the same spot, you'd want others to stand up for you. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a really weird time. Like, I think that part of things is great and huge. Yeah. But- and the fact that people are really taking the time to, to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're all trying to study the same subject, which I've never been a part of that feeling that we're all like coming to the table for this. Right. It's almost like that tone deaf video that everybody hated with, you know, Gal Gadot being like, we're all in this together. And it's like, are we really? You're recording this from your mansion. (laughs) But the but this is the side of it where we are. I mean, of course, it's different for us versus like being black and targeted by police. But we're all in this together and, and that we're like showing up for each other with a common cause. You know, society is safer when we're all safe. Yeah, that's true. So we're all in this together in that sense. Yeah. I listened to John Legend on WTF, and I recommend it. Uh, okay. I was just thinking about him talking about incarceration, and his mom was jailed because she was she had a drug problem after her mom passed away, and that opened his eyes to this to the realization that it's not people doing bad things. It's like people with mental health issues, people that need help, not people that need to be imprisoned. Um, And it was just nice to hear. And also the story of how we met his wife is great. So recommend it. (laughs) When Um, you finish this podcast, but listen to the end of this podcast first. Yeah, yeah, get there first. I mean, Mark (laughs) Maron doesn't need a shout out. I don't know why. I I don't know. I feel like he needs some help. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if people have heard of it. (laughs) (laughs) It's called WTF as in what the fuck. Look it up wherever you get your podcasts. Well, this movie, I was kind of, you know, Night of Living Dead. It can, when you're watching it now, so far removed from 1968, it can feel a little bit like simple or like you've seen it before. And it's because in essence you have, it's the blueprint to every like zombie movie you've ever seen, which just, it blows my mind um, that someone just created this. Like, the idea, I think about it sometimes where it's like, someone just created Superman. Like, that just didn't exist before, you know? It's like, before this movie, this is not what zombies were. They were more like Haitian, voodoo. Like, I walked with a zombie, white zombie. It's like, somebody goes to the Caribbean, and then it's literally like the walking dead that are possessed, but they're not like, they're like possessed as in like they do somebody's bidding. There's like a spell on them. There wasn't like brain eating. No, no, no. And that the whole lore of being bitten and then you turn into one, is that all Romero also? I believe so. That's not a part of anything before this. Yeah. Because what I read, too, was he said basically, like, they wanted to make a movie and they were like, well, what's the scariest thing we can have these monsters do? And it was cannibalism. Oh, wow. 
you know, you never think of it like that because I think zombies, you always think like um, brains, brain, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. But you never really think that it's like they're cannibals. Yeah, it's so true. I read this crazy story. I'm trying to figure out now I'm looking online. Sorry. So my friend Josh Behrman has this thing called Epic Magazine where they release these crazy true stories. He's a journalist. Um, things that sound like fiction and aren't. And one of them by Misha Berlinski, if that's how you say her name. Um, wrote an article called Into the Zombie Underworld. And it's specifically about, it's basically like slave trade where people will um, quote unquote die and be buried and then other people will dig them up. And it's very like, it makes me think of Romeo and Juliet, like where they're not dead, but they're injected with something that makes them seem dead. Um, And then they dig them up and then have them be their slaves. Yeah, that's basically like what it was. Yeah, it's insane. The example that she gives, I'm just looking at the beginning of the article, somebody called, I don't know how to pronounce her name, Nadathi Saint, a 26-year-old Haitian beauty. Somebody called her out of her house, and when she came back in, she collapsed and died. There were no visible wounds. And then, you know, people turned them into a quote-unquote zombie. And like you said, have them mm-hmm. do their bidding. But in this case, it wasn't so much having them do evil so much as just like having them be their personal slaves because they go sort of brain dead and can't remember who they were or where they came from right they have no personality no free will yeah they're just bodies Mm -hmm. that to me is almost scarier (laughs) well not if you're not there if you're gone what does it matter if you're if you're not it's scarier if it's like um i don't want to spoil get out but i think get out is a scarier where somebody's home Right, where they're like partially there. Yeah, where you're trapped. But I think even as the zombies, they're, or like the real, like the Haitian zombies, they're partially there, but they, they're just out of touch with it. There's like just enough of a disconnect that they don't understand. They don't know. Whereas I feel like as a Romero zombie, you're so disconnected. You're just brains, brains. Yeah, well, as a, as a Romero zombie, you're gone. Yeah, that seems better to me. Yes, it's just okay. bad for the, uh, you know, people surviving you. people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who yeah. inevitably uh, trust you because you're their brother or their right. sister or whatever. Yeah. You, you, it's like a, the idea that the monster can be someone you know. Which feels very It Follows, too, which we've done yeah. on this podcast. Totally. And that's the scariest moments are when it shows up as someone you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we open in this cemetery – or yes. brother and sister. I couldn't tell at first. Yeah, it was brother like and halfway sister. through the movie that I was like, <laughs> they're not a couple? Brother and okay. sister, Johnny and Barbara. And they're going out to lay like a wreath on a grave. I on think a on their dad's grave. Yes. And she's their mom like. mom wants them to do it. She's into it and he's not into it. Yeah. He's complaining. Uh, well, he's also complaining because it's like daylight savings. The time just changed. <laughs> It's going to take us forever to get back. It's going to be dark. Yeah, and she says the line that I love, which is, sometimes I think you talk, or sometimes I think you complain just to hear yourself talk. Yeah. But there's, right when they're, like, about to get out, there's, like, an announcement on the radio, and he doesn't stay for it, and he leaves, and he's like, oh, there wasn't anything wrong with the radio after all. And it's this, like, convention that we've seen on so many movies of, like, the radio or the TV telling Mm -hmm. us what's going on in the real world, and it's, like, this is, as far as I know, where that started. What did it say? I remember paying close attention and thinking, oh, this doesn't actually tell me anything other than the radio's working. But I probably Right. Just it's just it. kind of coming in with like an interruption. But yeah, we don't but hear it... anything important yet. Okay. But we get a lot of news reports later with mm-hmm. like, 
a lot of wild theories. <laughs> yeah. And it's fun because when we get them later, it's not like the TV just happens to be on at the perfect time in the background. It's they're actively checking news reports. And so we're seeing what they're seeing. Yeah. And it reminded me of today, how it's like 24-hour news. Yeah. And I, there's like a lot of speculation. Yeah. Much like Twitter. Yes. <laughs> Did you see, this is a little bit of a detour. There was all this hate for... Uh, uh, What's her name who plays Villanelle on Killing Eve? Not Sandra Oh, the other one? Yeah. I uh, love Jody. that you said that. Jodie Comer. Yes. I love that you said that because I kind of feel like everybody loves her. And I'm like, are you missing Sandra Oh? She is the star oh, of the show. Oh, I'm a show. Grey's Anatomy fan. So I love Sandra Oh. Oh, I wasn't. I never watched <laughs> Grey's Anatomy. But she's – Sandra Oh is amazing. Yes. Um, and Jodie Comer's fine. Uh, but – there were all of these people being like, Jodie Comer's canceled because she's dating a Trump supporter and how can she stand for this and that and talk about equality and p- portray an LGBTQIA character and date a Trump supporter. And I thought that's valid. But then I looked it up and it it seems like, and maybe there's more information that came out, but it seemed like somebody found the name of the person she was dating and there was also a Trump supporter with that name, but they're not necessarily the same person. And mm-hmm. so everybody just assumed, well, if she's dating somebody named, and it was like a generic name. Um, well, we're also in quarantine, so maybe this is like too much time. Exactly. For everyone to people are like, really excited to, Yeah, to investigate and cancel people. Plenty of people are being canceled that I support. I mean, I support the cancellation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I, I, I understood that. But as a soundbite, yeah, it could be troubling. Not a lot of people that I personally support. <laughs> who, who are you referring to? Or do you not want to get into it? You know, like comedians. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who okay. are like preying on young women, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> okay, sorry. Back to the movie. I don't know what even made me think of that. Oh, the news cycle. And just now especially where we have too much time on our hands. And it's like we're all investigators and reporters yeah and I like in the beginning there's like kind of a switcheroo with who is the protagonist of this movie yes there's Which a I, couple of them I think. yeah because at first yeah. it's like you know is it Johnny is it Barbara and then I mean it becomes clear that it's Barbara because we lose Johnny yeah but for a little bit I thought Johnny might come back but you, you I know, know very, he was great I thought yeah. he was like really fun to watch I missed him <laughs> yeah he was really fun he especially very... he does the um the most famous line from this movie, they're coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, which is funny because he's just a psych out. He's just messing yes. with her. Yeah. Yeah. And I read in an article, they were like, it's kind of the first like self-referential kind of like, you know, scream does it all the time. But mm-hmm. this is the first, you know, this is like an early version of that idea of like calling out what's happening in the, while you're doing it. Yeah. Oh, that's um, so And Brad pointed out that in um, Shaun of the Dead... They use that line because Sean's name, Sean's mom's name is Barbara. Oh. So when they're like, when he's calling and he's like, no, we're going to come get you. Ed in the back is right, is saying, we're coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, fun. That's great. I haven't seen that in years. That'll be fun to revisit too. <laughs> oh yeah. We got to do it. Yeah. But um, so he, he teases her like any brother does where he's like, oh yeah. When we used to come to the cemetery, I would scare you. And he's like, wait, are you still scared? And then he kind of like mocks her. Mm-hmm. And he's like, there's one over there. He's coming for you. And it's <laughs> right. just some I- dude <laughs> mm-hmm. who's in the cemetery. They're all alone except for this guy. And then as they're like kind of walking past him, he does attack her. 
Right. Like on any other day, it would just be some random mourner in the same cemetery, which is what Johnny assumes. But mm-hmm. no, this is our first zombie that we see. Yes. And they never say zombie in the movie. I think they oh, refer really? to them as like ghouls. Oh, yeah. They keep saying something. They don't say humanoid, but something of like they look human. Yeah. They say ghouls. You're right. Yeah. So it's kind of funny that like the the first zombie movie for what we know as a zombie doesn't call them zombies. Yeah. But uh, he attacks Barbara, and I do like that Johnny steps up. Yeah. Because he runs off kind of like a dick, but then when Mm -hmm. he sees that it's something's actually happening, he comes and he saves Barbara. Right. He runs off thinking, I'm pretending that there's stranger danger, everything's fine. But then he looks back and it's like, oh, this guy actually is attacking my sister. Mm -hmm. Kind of jumps in for her. Then he attacks Johnny instead and what is he he just kind of looks like a, a regular guy who's sort of out of it right yeah he just looks like an older white gentleman i don't know <laughs> yeah he doesn't have like scars or scabs or he's not like right. bloodied no yeah and then he they're wrestling and johnny he like pushes him down and he hits his head on a gravestone yeah which are, that moment kind of took me out of it because it seemed like he he died from that hit but there wasn't like a sound for like it also was just one of those moments where I was like that didn't feel real but that's fine well and it's also you have to remember this is like one of the I mean I keep saying like it's the one of the first whatever but this is like the original you know like independent movie like movie shot for nothing and which is amazing I'm just like give me I know we you and I have had this conversation before where I'm like I just want the sound just give me like a thwack so (laughs) I can buy it they didn't have the budget for it they've spent so much on those crickets later (laughs) (laughs) yeah just record your just clap your hands really loud or something I just wanted that sound I also read this was like the first movie ever shot in Pittsburgh oh cool I don't know it's just so crazy to me that things never happened before (laughs) yeah like that there really is a first time yeah And it's, like, not that long ago. Yeah. I mean, even the idea of, you know, gay marriage being legal so recently. Yeah. You're like, how is that? We were alive for that first being allowed to happen? That's crazy. Well, and for this movie to, you know, be essentially one, one if not the first horror movies to star a black character who's the black hero. Yeah. And they said, I was watching something where Romero said, They finished a cut. They threw the movie in their truck literally the night they finished the cut. They drove it up to New York to try to, like, pitch it to people. And as they're driving to New York, they heard that Martin Luther King was killed. Oh, my God. That just gave me goosebumps. So it's like what's interesting is – and we're getting to Ben, who becomes the main character. But they don't really focus on Ben's race in the movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, not at all, really. Which kind of, like, eases you into, I don't know, like, a safe – place so that I almost feel like the ending is more shocking I don't know yeah I think I think that that's true it wasn't my experience but Mm -hmm. I totally see that like even when we watched I don't want to give anything away but when we watched Train to Busan I was like very on edge at the ending Mm. and it didn't end like this movie but I feel like I'm I'm prepared for it you know I'm on edge and and also, well, for context, so once, uh, what's her name? Barbara. Yeah, so Barbara, once her brother is killed, she runs off. Mm-hmm. And she first is in the car, and then the car hits a tree, and then she finds this house, and she runs in. And and our, uh, Dwayne Jones, Ben, yes. is already in there. And already, in my mind, because of what we're going through now as a society and because of the way, you know, uh, 
what's the word I want? Not just like institutional racism Mm -hmm. and it infiltrates our bones. I was afraid of like, whose house is this? Are the owners going to come back and kill this poor black guy? Like, leave her alone. And we never find out who, oh, I guess we kind of find out who the owners are. Well, she's not, okay, so she runs into the house and she finds a dead body. Mm -hmm. And then when she's running out, there's headlights and that's Ben's car. So he's not in the house already. Oh, shit, you're right. Okay. (laughs) I thought he, like, yeah, yeah, you're totally right. Well, when he does come to the house, I was like, we don't know whose house this is. Are they going to kill him? Yeah. So I was on edge for that reason, but. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, let the, let the white lady live and they're going to attack the poor black guy. But which is not how the movie goes at all. Right. And we think that Barbara's the main character, but she's in su- such a state of shock after everything that just happened with Johnny in the cemetery that she is basically comatose Useless. the rest of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now it's Ben's story. He comes yeah. in. He comes from behind the headlights. He comes in and he takes charge. I think she mm-hmm. even, like, faints pretty early on. There is that weird moment where he slaps her, which which yes. feels not great. Which is a really big moment at the time. Because I, I did a lot of research on this. It doesn't sound like I did, but I did. Because <laughs> now I'm you. like, uh, wait, what, what did I say? But I w- And I was watching a documentary. There's like a great um, documentary on this. Birth of the Living Dead is what it's called. Um, but they were saying, you know, for on screen, a black man to slap a white woman was big. Yeah. Because... I can imagine. Uh, they had yeah. said, like, there was a movie where Sidney Poitier slaps a white man, but he did it only after the white man had slapped him first. Mm. And for, you know, Ben, he just sla- he slaps her because she's in shock and she's being nuts. It's like, yeah. you know, snap out of it, basically. Well, it felt weird to me because he basically goes on this whole long rant about what mm-hmm. he was doing before and how he ended up here and then she does the same thing and then he slaps her and I'm like well you started it she's just talking about what happened at least she's making words now forming sentences yeah she's just a little bit yeah totally she's not very Definitely. lucid no but that's probably one of her more lucid moments I just feel like she was somewhat annoying throughout the movie because oh my she's God, like she's so annoying she's so not helpful yeah. At one point I wrote down homegirl's a real Karen, but I can't remember what prompted it. Well, and she just doesn't, especially like later when people come up and they're like, I'm taking her down with us. And he's like, no, she's staying with me. And it's like, she's not saying anything. Yeah. <laughs> she she's, has no feelings. No. Which, I Which, mean, I, she's I, kind I of it. Yeah. I didn't <laughs> even think of that, but that's totally true. Like, I kind of get it that she's in shock, but at the same time, get it together. Well, yeah, my notes for when he slaps her are, I I wrote, Barbara becomes hysterical. (laughs) So it felt justified to me. But I'm also like in, I'm in Ben's mind already because I know we're in a zombie movie. Right. So I'm like, quick, time is of the essence. (laughs) I think you and I actually both are this way of like, I would rather have somebody sort of like rambling Mm. a, a little bit of lunacy than just being completely useless and silent. Like, to me, it's so much scarier that she's just a zombie. Say something. What are you doing? So at least, you know, maybe she's hysterical, but that to me is, like, more tolerable than just comatose. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. (laughs) So I wrote down some quotes from some of these articles that I liked. 
So Ben comes in and he is our hero and he takes charge of the situation. He knows like you got to board up the windows. You got to turn on the TV. And like he's taking all the steps to make sure that everyone's safe. And I read a a quote from Jordan Peele where he said, uh, which I thought was interesting take on it. Ben is a man living in fear every day. So this is a challenge he is more equipped to take on than the white woman. Mm. I just thought that was so interesting. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. written for, you know, like right. Romero said, it's specifically not written. But when you – but casting then takes on your interpretation of the movie. Right. I mean, I think great art works that way exactly anyway. Mm-hmm. The, the filmmaker has one idea and the viewers have others, you know. And as long as – like my favorite teacher would always say, as long as you can, like, support it with the text, you're mm-hmm. right. And so I think that's totally true. Like, that's not – necessarily Romero's intention but I think Jordan Peele's still totally right then we get more characters yes because it turns out there are people in the house right I think this is before so I I only have two other things written in my notes (laughs) one of them is this and I think it's before we realize there are other people in the house but I might be wrong is that moment where he lights the chair on fire and puts it out front and then he starts boarding them in. Right. That made me so anxious because there's trees everywhere. And I'm like, how are you going to keep that fire from spreading if you're boarded in? Like at a certain <laughs> point, you're going to have to stop that fire. And, you know, they just, I guess, chalk it up to movie logic. They never explain it. It never spreads. Because we learned that the But it doesn't catch on dead, to anything. Well, it we learned that it scares them or yes. it wards them off. That's why he does it. But it would catch on. I mean, it's it's a lot of fire at that point. And it's like all trees around them. It would spread. I don't know enough about fire. I feel like <laughs> if, if it's if it's just sitting by itself and not touching the trees. But with all this like wood and leaves around, it would spread. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I'm saying yes. I'm, <laughs> I'm saying I'm yes. defending the movie. I'm saying, I don't, you know, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't, luckily for them. Well, and we get the radios on and the radio says the killers are eating the flesh of the people they kill. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I like your radio voice. Yes. Well, you know, in this, I think as a podcast, I'm kind of doing a radio show. <laughs> yeah, that's true. This is our big radio show. <laughs> Yeah, they – what are some of their crazy theories? Now I don't remember. Well, they think it's because, like, a satellite exploded. And then they say something about, like, a Venus probe. And they're talking – and the military is, like, won't confirm or deny or, you know, the the news – I do like the reporter is, like, would you say that's your theory? Like, he's really getting in there and, like, leading them. Like, we've mm-hmm. heard this. Would you say it's this? Would you mm-hmm. not say it's this? Like, would you yeah. say something, please? <laughs> We're Again, live. that thing of it's more comfortable to fill it with like a frenetic yeah. <laughs> psycho conversation than to just let it be silent. <laughs> okay, so then, like you said, we realize there are more people in the house. There's this basement and there are two couples and then one couple's daughter that have all been hiding in this basement. And then Ben is pissed. He's like, didn't you hear us struggling and you didn't come up to help as they're like boarding everything up? And they're just like, well, we couldn't hear it. But their story's inconsistent. Cause then That's sometimes- my favorite part. That is my favorite part of the movie is Ben being like, it would be nice if you could get your story straight. Yeah. Because Mr. Cooper says, oh, we heard stuff, but we didn't know what it was. Yeah. And then later he's like, well, we heard a woman screaming. And he's like, well, wouldn't you come up to help a woman? Yeah. And the two men basically say, well, no, because there might have been like a lot of zombies up here. Mm-hmm. And it's it's such an interesting look at society. And, like, people like Ben 
who are going out of their way to protect other people and people like Mr. Cooper who are going out of their way to not help anybody but himself. Yeah. And it's like, I need to keep my family safe. I'm not sticking my neck out for nobody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He, the the actor, Dwayne Jones, I think is so, um, his face is just so like warm. He's just so likable. He's got this quality. And some of it, of course, is that he's defending this woman and, and taking risks to protect other people. But he also just has such a like a, a I already said it but a likable quality and it's interesting because in this movie I think a lot of the acting feels dated there are a lot of moments where the acting feels bad to me and it's just because it was a different style of acting then and mm-hmm. no one is exempt from that I think I think all of the performances except maybe Johnny have a little bit of those moments that are like why did you just turn away from the camera so dramatically and so suddenly or like why is your lilt like nobody talks like that um well Dwayne Jones was a stage actor that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's really his likability that makes you able to invest in this story. And that makes it sort of timeless when so much of the acting could feel so dated. Well, and I just love the way he plays it, too, where these people come up and he is just exasperated that he mm-hmm. had to do all this work. And <laughs> Right. It would have been like so they- much easier with three men. Yeah, and he says that later, you know, because then there's like this war where Mr. Mm-hmm. Cooper has been in the cellar hiding with um, Tom and Tom's girlfriend, Judy, and then it's Mr. Cooper, his wife, and his daughter. Mm-hmm. And they've all been hiding and in the cellar, and he's like, cool, we got to go back to the cellar. But then, yeah, makes it very like, we go in and board it up, and if you're out here, you can't come in. Yeah, And it's I this think- power struggle between Mr. Cooper and Ben. Yeah, it's like the older white man who is saying, this is the way. And as soon as Ben tries to be like, your idea is wrong, then he like grounds his feet in even harder and is like, "Yeah, uh, no, 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 I'm right, you're wrong. And the basic like the idea is he's like, the seller is the strongest. It's the safest point. There are no windows. There's only one exit. We only have to keep our eyes on one door. So like that's the safest spot. And Ben says, no, no. That's a death trap because there's only one door. There's no exit. And I think mm-hmm. Tom even agrees there's no exit. So if, so if people come through, you're done. Yeah. But and you can board up ben. the house. Yeah. Well, Ben is like our hero, like you've said. And so we're with him. And also he's just much more likable than Mr. Cooper. But at the very end, Mr. Cooper is sort of right. I think it's worth noting. Well, mm-hmm. it's a little interesting because like, uh, you know, spoilers to the end. But Mr. Cooper does die in the cellar uh, mm-hmm. and Ben does die upstairs. So it's like. But Ben they is safe <laughs> in the cellar until he. But you know what I mean? It's an, it's yeah. an interesting thing that the two, yeah. that the size that they're fighting for is actually the place where they each die. The one that they're yeah. saying is the safest is the place that is their right. own doom. Right. Isn't interesting. I <laughs> totally. I didn't think about that. I think what stuck out to me is, you know, the reason Mr. Cooper dies in the cellar is so so we learn that their kid is injured. We don't know exactly what's going on. She's passed out. Uh, and then but, you know, when we... someone's injured in a zombie movie. Exactly. But you know what? Like you said, <laughs> at the time, people didn't know that. To I us know. now, it's so obvious. We're this like, is like she... the time it happened. Yeah. <laughs> This is the reason we know because she's unconscious and we're like, ah, she's bitten by a zombie. It is a little bit inconsistent 
when they turn and how quickly they turn because she's like asleep for most of the movie and then eventually becomes a zombie and starts attacking people but everybody else as soon as they get bitten they're they're zombified pretty quickly well i think it's like you become a zombie when you die so she's like close to death and then when she dies that's when she turns but i think it's like because they talk to her throughout and she's like saying stuff so she's not dead yet that's interesting. I guess because the modern trope is once you're bitten, you don't have to die. Even if you just get scratched by a zombie, you're next. Depends on the movie. Uh, most, well, I'm like most things you do have to die first. But, but I haven't but seen then, a ton of zombie movies. But the last two I've seen, um, aside Sha- from this Shaun one. of the Dead, you definitely have to die first. Dawn of the Dead, at least the remake, the bite but will kill you. But then why does she you. die? If she was just bitten, what because, kills oh, her? The bite. So basically, like, and I know this from other zombie movies, so I'm, like, retroactively fitting it. So mm-hmm. They also know. never say she got bitten. They just make it seem like she suddenly fell ill, which is weird. Well, they said that she was attacked by somebody. Okay. I'm like, that's in my notes later. But they do say that somebody attacked her. I want to see the bite. We don't, though. Right? We don't. No, but this movie uh, was one of the first, if not the first, mm-hmm. to show... Uh, not shy away from showing the zombie eating a person. That's cool. And they had like sometimes those things that they were eating was like real raw meat because one of the extras oh. was one of the extras was a butcher, so he brought raw meat. Oh my god, that sounds awful. <laughs> no thanks. It's very authentic. I read in another one that it was like um, that they had like a uh, like a ham and they had poured like chocolate syrup on it, and that's what, like people were eating too. Oh. <laughs> I love the black and white. It's always chocolate syrup. Yeah. So I cool. mean, it, it looked really cool. Oh, it looks great. And also the fact that like when you see shots of zombies, like some of them are just like full on naked. Yeah. It's just like this unsettling thing. And, and you know, to put it in the context of like how many shocking things is Romero throwing at people at a time when yeah. none of this stuff was in movies? It's like mm-hmm. cannibalism and a black hero. And now they're naked. <laughs> there was like- one topless chick who kind of passed camera, not fast, but fairly quickly. And I was like, that looked like me. And I like rewound it and screenshotted it. <laughs> I know I wasn't in that movie, but it weirded me out how much her face looked like me. It's like those pictures boots. of um, uh, like where Nicolas Cage, they have pictures of, of like, Civil War people that look yes, like Nicolas Cage. <laughs> that's how I felt. I was like, it's me. It didn't actually look that much like me, but in motion. So the quote to like sum up Mr. Cooper is he says, you're telling us we got to risk our lives just because somebody might need help? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it also like could not be more fitting for today. <laughs> totally. So he... There's a lot of Mr. Coopers. I'm like, before there was a Karen, for Karen was the name we called mm-hmm. everyone, it's like there were a lot of Mr. Coopers around. A Ken, right? Isn't that what we're saying now? It's Ken? Oh, I is think. it? Ken and Karen? I think so. I feel like we should say, I feel like the men should be called Mr. Cooper <laughs> in honor of this movie. They don't deserve a Mr. Maybe just Cooper. <laughs> Karen and Cooper. Uh, the one thing that I do think is interesting is if it weren't for his daughter becoming a zombie, they would have been safe in the cellar. But... She was a zombie, so. The power struggle between them is, I just think it's really interesting because there's so much chaos happening and you have these two men where Ben is saying, like, if we work together, we can be safe. And Mr. Cooper is basically like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then- I know the right thing to do and I'm not going to help you. And Ben tries to lay down the law where he's like, fine, then go down in there. But, like, you can't take anything with you because I'm fighting to protect upstairs and I'm fighting to protect everything that's upstairs. So you don't yeah. get to take it with you. Yeah. 
Like, all of Ben's speeches are great. Tom, who is Mr. Cooper's friend, we assume, Tom signs with Ben, and he gets his girlfriend, Judy, and brings her back upstairs, and they're Mm -hmm. now, like, bunking with Ben and Barbara. Yes. And Mr. Cooper's like, I'm going to go down there, and I'm going to lock this door, and I'm not letting anybody in. Mm -hmm. And Mrs. Cooper is pissed. She's like, wait, there's a radio up there? (laughs) There's a TV There's a TV? Yeah. (laughs) But Ben has the best line ever. I'm so excited. I'm like hitting the table. He has the best line mm-hmm. ever where he's like, uh, if you're stupid enough to go die in that trap, that's your business. However, I am not stupid enough to follow you. It's tough for your kid that her old man is so stupid. Now get the <laughs> hell down into the cellar. You can be the boss down there. I'm the boss up here. Yeah, go Ben. I love it. His delivery, that is so great too. <laughs> he's just like, you know, so you're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's kind of like middle school insults, but he says them with conviction. Yeah, I love it. He's he's dumb, dumb. But it's also just the way Ben's like, you know, I think we're used to a movie where Barbara would be awake mm-hmm. and she would be like, well, I don't know. Let's listen to him. And like, we have to protect everyone. And there'd be that character that's like, I don't know, guys, maybe we can all be friends. <laughs> and I like that Ben is the main character. And he's like, I don't have time for you. Mm-hmm. We don't have anyone that's like defending Mr. Cooper. It's just like we're all on Ben's side that. Mr. Cooper sucks. Yeah. Even his wife feels that way. I mean, I like that she sort of stands up to him, but but it is a bummer in a horror movie not to have a strong female character because I've gotten spoiled yeah. and I expect them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the wife says when, when the husband comes back down, she says, that's important, isn't it, for you to be right and everyone else mm-hmm. to be wrong. Sums him up. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I think Ben has that too, though. They both seem to have a lot of ego. But Ben is also more selfless, so it's more acceptable. Yeah, he's saving people. Mm-hmm. And his story, he seems very traumatized by it, but he doesn't freeze the way Barbara does. But his story is that he was outside of a diner, and or was he in his car? Basically, he saw a guy lit on fire driving a gas tank and, like, hordes of zombies attached to that gas truck or hanging onto it or chasing it well i think he stopped at this house too because there's a gas pump near the house mm-hmm. and he needs more gas mm-hmm. but i mean in his story yeah 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 but that's also like he sees this house has a gas pump so that's why he stops was that normal for a house to have a gas pump um i've never lived in the country so because huh. no they're definitely like out there in remote areas so I don't know. True. <laughs> I'm from the city. <laughs> We're just city girls. What do we know? Yeah. What are gas pubs? They're just, it's not a station? <laughs> I don't get it. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, so then... His wife also says... His, so you don't have a, a strong female character, but the wife is dropping wisdom because she also says, we might not enjoy living together, but dying together isn't going to change anything. These people aren't our enemies. She's right. Which is like also Woman's intuition. perfect for today. Yeah. Dying together isn't going to help anybody. Yeah, it's crazy how many more levels it speaks to, but just by casting well, a black um, So I was watching, this is number nine on Bravo's 100 Scariest Movie Moments. Mm-hmm. And there was a quote from Wes Craven was on, and he said that this movie taught him that a horror film can go as deep as you're willing to take it as long as you scare the shit out of people. Oh, Wow. Did it scare the shit out of you? Um, you know, it's hard because I saw it in college. I saw it um, in film school. Mm-hmm. So 
no, because, you know, we've grown up with, like, Freddy Krueger and Dawn of the Dead. And, you know, like, there's just, we've already, it's not the the shockingness that it would have been if I had seen this as a kid. Right. But it it still has that very, like, even watching it now, it's just that claustrophobic, eerie feeling of, like, the walls are closing in. Especially those shots where it's, like, hands coming through all the boards. Mm-hmm. And, like, you're just walking by and hands start grabbing you. It's that that kind of, like, the walls are closing in that I, I think it still is successful in that today. Like It reminded me a little bit of Repulsion in those moments and Roman Polanski's Repulsion. Which came after. First. It did it? I don't know. I, I just guessed. Say. I, just I was going to say, I don't know which up, came first. Let's see. <laughs> what year did Night of the Living Dead come out? 1968. Okay, great. When did Roman Polanski's Repulsion come out? Here's what I found. 1965. Interesting. Oh, I was wrong. I just took a stab. <laughs> now we know. Um, <laughs> I do love the the human versus, the like man versus man conflict, the same way I loved it in The Mist, where you have this like, supernatural situation going on but then you also have like people that could just be allies and be stronger together instead are really hurting each other and themselves by not working together yeah and I like that Ben says that too like we could be working together yeah we'd get this done better if we were a team I think especially with Trump as president right now like that stuff feels scarier to me because it's like one person who's certain that they're right and maybe has a little power, can just get us all killed. Well, and this is like a recurring theme, you know, from here on out in zombie movies and TV shows is it's not the zombies you have to be scared of. Mm. Like, I don't know if you watched The Walking Dead or watched, I previously watched, I don't still watch it. But that the idea, once you really get into that world and you're like settled in that as a show, is that every time you come upon a living person as the audience, you're like, oh, fuck. This person, because it's the idea that in order to survive in this world, you have to Mm -hmm. be scary as a person because it is dog eat dog and the survivors are the scary ones. That's interesting. Because they're willing to kill to survive. Tie into that, that in the comic book, The Walking Dead, one of the characters is named Dwayne Jones after the actor. Love that. Yeah, me too. Now I'm like, maybe I should watch The Walking Dead and never have. I liked it. I watched it for the first uh, however many seasons. And then I think I quit like two years ago. I just, there was a couple big character deaths. And there, the, I, got to a, I got to my end where I was like, eh, I'm done. <laughs> I yeah. can't anymore. The people I care about are gone. Well, and it was like the way that they did it I didn't respect. Gotcha. Would love to be cast on the show, but anyway. yeah. <laughs> oh, I bet that would be fun. Did yeah, watch it, it for a long time. It was a really good show for a long time. So we see, when does the daughter first, she attacks the mom? I don't remember how this goes. They come up with a plan. Oh, yeah. Because um, I think on the news, the news says something like, you should come to this spot. Yeah. So they're like, cool, we need to fill up the gas tank and then we can jump in the car or in Get the truck. Safe and we can Yeah. Great plan. We have a truck. Mm-hmm. There's gas right there. What could go wrong? <laughs> and so it's going to be Tom and um, Ben are going to go do it. And yeah. Mr. Cooper agrees to help uh, go upstairs and like throw out fire to distract the zombies away from the truck. Yeah. These Molotov cocktails. Yeah. So he does mm-hmm. end up helping them for a minute. Yeah. They, they come together here, 
with mm-hmm. a common goal. But then Judy, Tom's girlfriend, gets a wild hair where she doesn't like that he's going out there. So she runs after him, which yeah, not a great move. No, it's like she panics. Yeah. And so she goes out of the She gets into minute. the car mm-hmm. safely, which I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. She made it farther than I thought she would because there's all these zombies between the house and the car. But she makes it to the car safely. Then the car pulls up to the gas pump. And is it that the key doesn't work or they just don't have a key? They knew it was locked the whole time. Right. Uh, well, the problem is they accidentally set it on fire with the zombies. Mm-hmm. So they get, like, overrun. He's putting the gas in the car and I think it's – is it Tom or is it Judy? One of them panics and they are using fire to get them away. I'm like trying to remember exactly the I sequence. I think they like back up but there's – maybe they spray gasoline everywhere. They, as they- yeah, they accidentally set the truck on fire and Ben is trying to get the truck away from the gas pump mm-hmm. because he doesn't want the whole thing to explode. But it does. Yeah, because people don't listen to Ben. (laughs) Yeah. Tom and Judy burnt to a crisp. They get in the car and they leave Ben standing at the pump. Mm -hmm. And then they're done. Those are their just desserts. And then Ben runs back to the house with difficulty because he has to get through all these zombies. But he makes it back to the house and Mr. Cooper doesn't open the door for him. No, nope. fucked up because the the monster in a zombie movie are the other people. Yeah, again, like that moment in Train to Busan where they're trying to get into the yes. safe car. Uh, lots, I'm sure every zombie movie has borrowed from this movie. But finally, Ben gets in and then he punches Mr. Cooper. Who deserves I love that. it? I love that. <laughs> yeah, does he keep he, going? Yes, I feel like he wails on him for a while. Yeah, he really does, which I appreciate because uh, he, you know Ben's got a lot of emotions. Mm-hmm. He just watched Tom and Judy die in front of his eyes, and he just really lets Mr. Cooper have it. Yeah, that's when I think Ben or somebody asks what happened to the kid, and that's when we find out that the, she was bitten by one of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, Meanwhile. At this point, Mrs. Cooper is in the cellar with her, I think. Yes. Well, Ben says, who knows what kinds of diseases those things gave her, mm-hmm. which is like our foreshadowing that she's not going to be okay. Yeah. Okay. So the news says ghouls can be killed by a shot to the head or a heavy blow to the head. Brain of the ghoul has been activated by radiation. So kill the brain, kill the ghoul. So I, they do try to give you, you know, like different movies sometimes are like, no, let's not really say what this is. But they do try to give you like something to grab onto as to what yeah. is going on, which I and appreciate. And that part feels very real. It's like us as, as, I mean, even with Corona, there's stuff that we try to grab onto and then it's not real, you know, where it's like, well, if you develop the antibodies and you can't get it again. And then it's like, well, no, it looks like you can get it again. Or in the beginning where it's like, well, it's not, it's only a problem for the elderly. It's really not going to affect kids or anybody young. And then it's like, nope, that happens too. And so it's, Interesting to see it be conjecture because that's what it would be like. People yeah, wouldn't totally. all of a sudden have facts of like this is how zombies behave. Well, and we get the chief on the on the news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the reporter says, "Are they slow moving, chief?" And he says, "Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed <laughs> up." <laughs> but there there becomes like, and we see it we see it later when the we see the chief and all the people coming like coming across the land. Is this just like? Um, lackadaisical, if that's mm-hmm. the right word, ness at like sh- just shooting these zombies. Yeah, they're very. Uh, they're not. They immediately, <laughs> immediately don't see them as people. Yes. So that hesitation that sometimes you have in zombie movies, where somebody sees someone that's a zombie, and they're like, "I can't kill." 
them, that's Johnny or whatever. Right. These the people that we see the the chief and the other police and the other people helping the police have no hesitation. Yeah, these zombie killers are not discerning. If you're around, you're they just assume you're a zombie and they shoot you dead. Which is funny in comparison to like you know, normally in zombie movies, people have like a little bit of a hesitation and like the zombies look like monsters. And in this one, the zombies look almost normal. Right. Most, I mean, some of them do look normal. Some of them yeah. are like missing chunks of their face or their arms, but some of them and just Yeah, Yet they have less hesitation. <laughs> yeah. They're trigger happy. And I think it's, it kind of speaks, he mirrors Mr. Cooper in a way where maybe his intentions are better, but it is like this arrogance about like I know what I'm doing mm-hmm. that makes him not he doesn't he never second guesses himself or like takes a pause to evaluate the situation he just shoots it's like shoot first ask questions later well it's also like every character every male character mm-hmm. is like the hero of their own movie mm-hmm. so it's like I know the right thing to do no I right. know the right thing to do yeah. it's like uh you know this is Ben's movie but it could have turned out to be somebody else's movie. And we have, yeah. like, lots of options. <laughs> right. And the sheriff, I'm sure, you know, like you said, to, to the sheriff, it's his movie. And he's keeping yeah. people safe. And that's an admirable job he's doing. If you assume that everyone you're killing is a zombie, then you're not doing anything wrong. Yeah. But then the power goes out. Oh, yeah. And that's when we get the struggle for the gun. Right. Because Harry gets the gun from Ben, and then they're fighting, and then zombies start coming into the house. Um, and Ben drops the gun to help conceal the house. And, like, Ben is always thinking about, like, the safety of the whole situation. And Mr. Cooper uses that moment to take the gun from him. What do you mean he drops the gun to He drops conceal? the gun because he has to uh, – he has to get both hands to push. Oh, right, right, right. To push, like, the planks of wood to keep the zombies out. Yeah. So yeah. that's when he drops the gun. And in that moment, like – it's a great opportunity for them to come together because they're both being threatened and that's when right. Mr. Cooper grabs the gun. Yeah, and I like that you get a moment of him thinking about it. Like, not because he thinks it might be wrong, but because he's scared he might not make it. Like, he's scared mm-hmm. he might get stopped or that Ben will grab it before he does and then shoot him. So it's like there's this hesitation, but for the wrong reasons. Not out of any morality, just out of fear. Yeah. Well, and then Ben does get they, – they fight and Ben gets the gun back and that's when Harry goes into the cellar and, and things don't go well for him. <laughs> so at this point, his wife's already been bitten by her daughter, right? Yeah. He goes downstairs turning. and he sees his daughter eating his wife. Mm-hmm. But that scene – so I remember being in film school and that scene was like talked about a lot because it was the idea – of like, you know, the attack of the nuclear family. Like the kid mm-hmm. is eating the parents and like they were not shying away from it. We're showing the gore. Um, which, you know, to go to like who's the monster, it's like the monster could be your own kid. Right. Like, it's like uh, you don't know who to be scared of. Right. We need to talk about Kevin as one of my all-time favorites and that's the scariest. Yeah. Your own kid being a monster. Oh, I was wrong. Maybe he tries to fight her and then she bites him and then he becomes a zombie. I believe Harry goes down into the cellar. I think he trips or something. Uh, he dies first and then. Wait, who's Harry? Mr. Mr. Cooper. Cooper. Mm-hmm. And then Helen goes downstairs and sees her daughter eating her husband. Okay. Yeah. So just like a warning to the listening audience. 
we both watched this movie before for July 4th and we're going to do this episode and then decided to do an emergency Jaws episode. So we <laughs> haven't seen it recently. So our memories are foggy. This is like audition all over again. <laughs> <laughs> I know we can never push it because then we're like, what happened? I know we have to like immediately watch the movie and then and then record. But look, both of the parents die and the girl dies. One of the They're parents sees the other the one Cooper eating. The family <laughs> bites the dust. And that's that. <laughs> Yes. One of the one of the parents sees the kid eating the other parent, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then soon they're all dead or at least zombified. Yeah. OK. So, yes. Helen goes downstairs, sees her daughter eating Harry. She falls and then the daughter kills her with, I wrote, a, a trowel, <laughs> which I think is like a spade. Yeah. For which anybody I think is what she's holding. <laughs> doesn't know what that is. Just picture a spade. Guys, if you don't like how we're doing this, this movie is free on YouTube, and I recommend watching it. Nice. <laughs> you also, you can sort of cut it <laughs> to make us sound better if you just cut out all that hemming, hemming and hawing and your last bit works. I'm going to do my best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then the zombies overwhelm the house, mm-hmm. and they're coming in, and we see Johnny as one of the zombies, which I love that he's amongst the horde. You know, I was looking for him. I didn't see him. I didn't recognize him. Yep, he comes and carries Barbara out. I didn't realize that was him. Yeah, How he's in I that horde. I don't know because he yeah. looks like um, he looks like another actor to me, and I can't think of who. But like, he looks very familiar, like like someone from the eighties or something. Yeah, I, same for me. I feel like he. I mean, he feels like someone from the seventies to me, which is very close. But I can't place who. Like he's almost like a James Spader type, but that's not who I'm thinking of. But it's somebody like that. He reminds me of someone like British with bad teeth that I can't place. Yeah. If you know who he looks like, message us. Yeah. Please. I'm dying to know. Um, <laughs> but so then, then we lose Barbara and now we're just down to Ben. And then he goes into the cellar because the zombies at this point have made their way into the house. Yeah. And he then barricades the sheriff- himself down into the cellar and he waits it out. Mm-hmm. And then the next day we see that, oh, well. Also, when he's down there, Harry comes back to life and he has to kill Harry. Oh, yeah. Which I'm sure he doesn't mind. <laughs> yeah, there's no hesitation when he shoots him in the head. Long overdue. Um, and the music is really great in that moment, too. And then Helen opens her eyes and he shoots her, too. I do. There's just like the, the, just the taking out of the people. Yeah. Which is great, too, because like, you know, whenever someone's stuck in a room where there's dead bodies, you're like, you should just kill them all. They're all going to become zombies. And he right. does that. And then... Anyway, he's all alone now in the basement. (laughs) Then you see the zombies upstairs, and they look almost like they're having, like, a shuffle dance party. They're, like, kind of swaying from side to side, milling about. It's all they wanted. Yeah. (laughs) They just wanted a discotheque (laughs) near a gas pump. And then in the morning, the sheriff is killing zombies indiscriminately. Yeah, they're kind of like... They've got dogs with them, which Desi, my dog, was going crazy at that part. Because whenever she hears a dog barking, she's like, who is that? (laughs) Um, but they're like kind of scouring the land, like as a team, kind of like you do when you're like doing a search for a missing person and everybody they see, they're just shooting because they're mm-hmm. assuming that they're all zombies. Which and they- makes me feel tremendous dread. I'm like, Ben, stay in the fucking cellar. Just stay in the cellar. But he doesn't know what we know, which is they're not thinking twice. Yeah. He hears helicopters and he hears the dogs and all that. And he thinks it's the end of the movie. It is the end of the movie. So he comes out and the the sheriff is there and they they 
Nazi movement in the house and they just shoot. And that's the end of Ben and the end of Night of the Living Dead. And then we get a lot of shots of them, you know, they're like happy and, you know, essentially high-fiving that. And then they drag his body out and we see that and they put his body on the pile and we see that mm-hmm. and it's just like shocking. Yeah. You know, just the fact that it's like the credits are rolling and it's just his body on the pile with everybody else. Mm-hmm. And the lingering shots of that, the fact that it doesn't cut to black. Yeah. That it's like you, you have to it. see it. Yeah. And it's very interesting to watch it now when there's deliberate police brutality against black bodies and then here's this sort of incidental version where they're mm-hmm. they're just killing, you know, in the name of protecting civilians, but they were going to kill whoever was in the house. One of the things I read on The Hollywood Reporter said, Ben survived the Night of the Living Dead, but he couldn't survive America. Mm. Yikes. Yeah. Well, this is a real downer. (laughs) (laughs) But it's important. Yeah. You know, I think this is a, I think this is an important movie for a lot of reasons. It's, you know, definitely a blueprint for a lot of stuff that we watch. Mm -hmm. And especially it'll be fun now watching other zombie movies with this movie in mind. Yeah. So you can catch the shout outs. Mm hmm. Totally. Well, and this movie had like a weird – it's free everywhere because it was it had like a weird incident happen where it had a different name and it was like ready to go and then they changed the name but they like didn't update the right card or something so they never – it wasn't protected. So oh, this movie was like free for everyone to watch and like he, he didn't make as much money off it as he should have. But he did create a legacy. Right. Well, and he made other stuff, but yeah, it wasn't, the copyright wasn't there. So it is free on YouTube still. (laughs) And then he made a bunch of others, Dawn of the Dead and uh, Land of the Dead, and there's so many. Yeah, Romero is beloved. Dawn of the Dead is where we get Tom Savini and his makeup, and then that really, you know, sets the tone for the rest of the horror genre as we know it. But uh, I'd read that, like, Tom Savini was supposed to do the makeup on this, and something happened, and he didn't do it, but... But then he becomes a legend, Dawn yeah. of the Dead, in color, where you really need the makeup. I and special also effects. have not seen Dawn of the Dead. Ooh. We, we definitely have to do Dawn of the Dead. I, I'm going to say something controversial, not to you, because you haven't seen it, but I really like the remake better. Whoa. Yes. It's uh, the remake of Dawn of the Dead. Ooh, it's. I don't know if it's my favorite zombie movie, but it's definitely one of my favorite horror movies of all time. I just love it so much. When you say you don't know if it's your favorite zombie movie, what might beat it? Shaun of the Dead. Okay. Where does Train to Busan rank for you? Uh, I would put it in the top five of zombie movies. Cool. I mean, I love um, I love Dawn of the Dead, the remake. I love Shaun of the Dead. I love Zombieland. Oh, yeah. I've seen that, but it's been ages. Um, there's so, I mean, there's so many good zombie movies. It's such a great genre Mm -hmm. because it's really just like you take a few people, they're going to be stuck together, which I love, um, that convention. You throw like a bunch of strangers together and like some of them might fall in love, which I love. Um, (laughs) that didn't happen in this one, but it happens in Dawn of the Dead and it happens in like Zombieland and stuff that I love the romance element. And like some people are going to fight and then you're like on the run and there's going to be scares. And I just... You know, sometimes you're going to have social things to say. I just love zombie movies as a genre. They're so fun. I agree. I don't think they've ever scared me for some reason. 
Oh, we're going to do Dawn of the Dead then. <laughs> Is it really scary? Yeah. So the first, uh, the Dawn aliens of- and zombies for some reason. I'm like, yeah. Dawn of the Dead, the remake. Um, this is like a super quick story, but I was not super interested in seeing it at the time. I just didn't really know what it was. And then I remember MTV did a thing where they were like, we've got the first 10 minutes of Dawn of the Dead and we're going to air it after whatever show. And it's just going to be commercial free the first 10 minutes of this movie, which I, cool. I've never seen that since where they're like, yeah, it's, it's coming out promo. in theaters. So and smart. The, the first 10 minutes of Dawn of the Dead are the greatest 10 minutes of the whole movie. Oh, wow. Uh, and I was on the phone with my sister because she didn't live there. She lived in Mississippi at the time. And we were like, are you watching? I'm watching. And we watched it together. And then as soon as it was over, we were like, we are seeing this movie. And then we All right, saw it I'm together. Sold. It's so good and scary and perfect the first 10 minutes. It's, oh, I love it. Let's do it. Yay. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Yes. Let us know what you think of us and horror movies and the current political climate and what you saw reflected in Night of the Living Dead and if there's any movies you're dying for us to talk about. And if you can figure out who Johnny looks like, I would appreciate that. Because <laughs> it's driving me crazy. Yeah, now I'm thinking about it. He definitely reminded me of someone too. And weirdly, all I can think of is Austin Powers. Not specifically Mike Myers, but Austin Powers. And I'm like, it's not quite it. It's close. Oh, you know who I think he looked like a little bit is the brother from... Um, at least for me, this is clicking. I don't know if it will for you. The brother from uh, I Start Counting. Oh, maybe. I have to look. He kind of reminds me, too, of a, and I'm going to say this and it's going to be helpful, of a guy from Mad Men, but not one of the main guys from Mad Men. <laughs> a guy from Mad Men who was also on Desperate Housewives. I'm going to narrow it down and put a picture, send you a picture. Okay, great. But I'm like, in my brain, I'm like starting to connect the dots. I'm like, he was in both those shows. What is his name? Uh, yeah, but I will figure him. it out. <laughs> and my vote is for it's, I start counting. We can put a side-by-side comparison. Yeah, we'll put out a poll that, <laughs> that two people will respond to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we appreciate you two people. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Stay safe. Don't get coronavirus. Wear a mask.